This episode is brought to you by New Energy. Adam, I know you called Caps here in six, but buddy, you were wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Hey, Ovi lifted the cup though. That's pretty cool. Doing this on a Friday, June 8th here. So the day after, still partying or what? Oh, I'm not still, well, I had a celebratory Bud Light Apple yesterday, uh, Rock the Red. But, you know, I, I called them winning the cup. I think even back in the, before the playoffs started or back in Columbus, I said, like it, it hasn't been like the last couple of years where, you know, Holtby wasn't great in the regular season, like because Netsoff was awful in the playoffs last year, but he took a step forward. So did Holtby and Ovechkin's blocking shots all the way to a cup. I saw something about those team shot blocks and like Washington had double, double the shot blocks. That's crazy. Like, if you want to think about it in, like, I think it was, like, Washington had close to 100 where Vegas had, like, 50. That's crazy. That's definitely commitment. Washington was not pissing away this cup final. They were all in. Hey, it's Caps here. They knew it. I'll take credit. I was right for this one. But we kind of Wrong. talked about it. And, like, I, I was almost in tears when Ovechkin kind of got the cup or they had the ISO cam on him on the bench and, he had his, his gloves off for like 0.6 seconds left and he threw off his helmet and like his emotion is just like, and of course there's all those naysayers out there like can't win with the Russian captain, can't win with Ovechkin, he doesn't do it. And like last year, game seven versus Pittsburgh, he was a minus, minus two and I think they lost two nothing or two one, but he changed his game, man. Good for him. Yeah, that's a heck of a series by Ovi. Glad he got the con Smythe. That's... I get it, Kuznetsov had a great playoffs, and we don't want to disregard that. Ovi's the real engine on this team. He's the motor that makes those guys hum. Yeah, exactly. And how many of them were talking about it, how happy they were for him. And regardless of how he is, like he has over 600 goals, played over 1,100 games, and is worth the price of admission every time. So for all those people that say you hate Ovechkin and this and that, like, you can't help but be happy for the guy because of all he's given to the game of hockey and all the personality he has. Like he's going live on Instagram on the plane right now and he's just swearing and cracking beers and it's hilarious. So good for him. And I like how he's kind of outspoken and whatnot because it's better than no offense to Crosby. I know I throw a shot at him on Twitter, but no offense to him. But when they win, like you don't really see anything, but the Capitals win and they take it right to the nightclub and they're partying hard. So good for them. Some lady trying to rip on you on Twitter. Like, this is the dumbest tweet ever. Shut up. The NHL needs more personalities. I know Ken Campbell's going to tell me to fill my boots or something if I start chirping them. But I love guys like Ovi. I love the Drew Doughties of the league. you got to show that excitement. It's, it's what fans want. It's what fans love. Man, makes the game just that much better. Yeah, dude, Ovi going out, just ripping it up. Guaranteed. After that game... Half an hour of crushing beers, half an hour of Russian gas, and he's not going to sleep until Tuesday. What a cup oh, run, though. Yeah, and how about Barry Trotz? He's just laughing right now. Like, doesn't have a contract for next year. And apparently Ovechkin told him after – let's rewind a bit here. So, first round, they go down two straight to Columbus, uh, both overtime losses. So, go down two straight, go back to Columbus. Start holding. 
How yeah, they, they start hoping. They start hoping in game three. And Lars Eller scores the luckiest OT winner that you'll ever see in your life. Like hit Bobrovsky, hit Wierenski, hit Eller, and then hit Wierenski again or something like that. So, yeah, and apparently Ovechkin told Trotz after game two that they're going to go to Columbus and they're going to win game three and win the cup. And, like, they get the flukiest win. And that's kind of when the their whole playoffs changed because after that, like, Holpe went, I think, 16-6 and six or something like that. So... Good for him, and Barry Trotz still doesn't have a contract because he said they're away until after the playoffs. And like, doesn't it seem though that the GM McClellan just ruined their their re- relationship or whatever by not giving him a contract and just saying like, "This is Reardon's team. I know, like, like we've had good teams and you haven't quite got done for us." But now he's just laughing because he's going to be the second highest paid coach in the league. Do whatever you want now. He's laughing. I heard a couple of rounds ago, I was talking to someone, it's the half-decent source, says uh, his brother's got like a cabin by Trotz at like Vernon or something. So uh, I'm not going to name drop. But I heard that Trotz was looking at Seattle. Like the Seattle owners had basically reached out and said, hey, take a couple of years off. You can be our scout, pocket a few hundred grand, 400 grand a year, whatever. Sit around, enjoy, do some scouting. When we start up, we want you on the bench. I mean, possibly reliable sources. Don't uh, don't trademark World Hockey Report if we're wrong on that one. But if we're right, we'll be uh, right back here June 8th, 12 Ounce Sports Radio and iTunes, wherever you find the show. It's Cody Jansen hanging out with you at Janner31 underscore on Twitter. Also joined by Adam Urban Trout, the Trout Show. Yeah, and like that, that'd be an idea, hey? But how about Holpe? Like we said, didn't even start the first two games. And now he's third all-time in save percentage in the playoffs behind Jonas Hiller and Tim Thomas. And he played 30 more games than either of them have. So, like, he's obviously a stud. And the save he made in game two, like, if he doesn't make that save, we're probably not talking about a a Stanley Cup final quite yet because game six would have been Sunday. But, yeah, Holpe's a stud, like, former player from Saskatchewan. That save changed the series. 100%. I've been one. I've said it from the start. If Tuck scores that goal, Vegas wins it in overtime. Vegas is up two rip. The Capitals, I mean, it, it's a confidence. It's a confidence deflator. I don't know the proper word there, but they got to go back home. They have been phenomenal at home in playoffs. Vegas has been good on the road. And it, it's a totally different mindset going into game three. Whereas, hey, Washington comes up clutch in game one or game two. That they just rolled off that whole be safe. I mean, they were a unit on a mission. I loved watching it. It was fun hockey. That's the only way to describe it. And they have so many, so many good stories on their team. Like in their bottom six, like Jay Beagle, first guy to win the coast, the AHL, and now the the Stanley Cup. So like that's pretty unreal for him. Like a good fourth line center who's who's made a career out of that. And then Smith Pelly bought out by the Devils goes to Washington on like a two-way PTO is only guaranteed like 250,000 by them. And then Lars Eller basically gets run out of Montreal because everyone there thought he sucked because they had him playing their top line. He's not that, but then he goes and has 18 points in the playoffs and like, it's just crazy. And then Michael Kempney basically given away by Chicago for a third round pick goes and plays on their top pair. And like, there's so many stories there that Washington didn't necessarily have the last couple of years where, there was such a wagon of a team where they had all these these top players but never quite got it done. And now they add some good depth in Canadian, Western Canadian boys, Beagle and Chandler Stevenson. So now they win the cup. 
Eller was nasty. He had like seven bingos or something for a guy who was run out of town. Hey, that's great. Great story for him. You gotta love seeing that. I'll not forget about Vegas though. That was a that's a pretty crazy playoff run by a team of Golden Misfits. I, I mean, you, you can't doubt that. Here's a here's a crazy thing for you. You, you see all the, the Twitter warriors out there. Would Washington have had this? I'm not going to call it an easy of a time, but it wasn't difficult. If they played Nashville or Winnipeg, would this series have been different? I think so because, like, how how often have I said that eventually Vegas not having a top player is going to hurt them? Because I think that if Washington would have played Nashville or Winnipeg, their top line of like Shifley, Wheeler, like Johansson, Forsberg, like I don't know if Washington could have controlled that because. Their defense, they basically had like three guys that they could put out there and like trust them actually. And then, yeah, I mean, Vegas, like William Carlson was horrible. And, and yesterday's, or yeah, in, in game five there, he just refused to shoot the puck. Like he'd be coming off on the half on the power play and he looked to pass and he was horrible. And I mean, Smith didn't do much. Marshall didn't do much. James Neal didn't even play yesterday, I'm pretty sure. And like, they just like, and then Eric Halla, like there's talk about him even getting healthy and he was their second line center. And then, yeah, it's crazy. Like how bad Vegas, like Vegas's top guys were. And that's where you look at the difference. Cause Netzov and Ovechkin just like bullied them. They weren't good. I wouldn't say they were bad. Honestly, like they had good playoffs. Dude, Washington was unreal. Washington didn't have any flaws in their game. Those last four games, like, that's as close to perfect hockey as you can play. I get it. They go down 3-2 after that second period. They're just garbage luck goals. Like, you can't be like, oh, that's this person's fault. Like, yeah, whatever numbnuts defenseman there who ran into Holtby, like, okay, that's your own fault. But other than that, like, you can't be like, oh, that was a huge defensive collapse. Brooks Orpik got caught in no man's land. Orlov turned the puck over at the blue line. Like, they played a solid team game. And there, there really wasn't many downfalls. And that's why I don't think any team Washington would have faced in this finals could have been down in five. They play Winnipeg. Well, Connor Hellebuck gets lit up even more than Flurry. They play Nashville. Hecker is the most inconsistent goalie in the West. Who else? I mean, you know what? Vegas, they might play, what do they play? San Jose? Washington's definitely going to outpower them. So, yeah, yeah like, Washington is by what, far the best team. There's no doubt about it. What's your thoughts of Flurry in the series? Because, like, my own opinion was, like, he wasn't great. Like, he was he was actually pretty bad yes, like yesterday in Game 5. The game-winning goal shouldn't squeak through him, and he should have maybe been a little back more in his net. And that was a problem, too, where he was completely out of his net and spinning around a little too much. But you look at the goals, and he didn't really have a chance, like, John Carlson scores a rocket. Ovechkin scores three one-timers or three kind of backdoor plays. And yeah, maybe if he's playing in his first three rounds, he saves those. But now in round four, you know, pressure's on a little bit more. And he wasn't terrible by any means, but he definitely didn't steal them a series. That's for sure. You know what? Those first three rounds, he was unreal. I mean, no one's going to disregard that. Some of those goals, though, that Washington scored... My goodness, there's no Tendy in the league 
just the way that they zing that puck around. I mean, they're whipping that thing. One-timers, just give and goes. I don't think there's many goalies out there that can that would be able to hold the fort against Washington and how they were playing. That's straightforward. I mean, even if Flurry played good and Flurry made some good saves, he wasn't great. Yeah, I'm sure he wants a couple of those that squeaked past him. Man, that's uh that's a hell of a Washington Capitals team and good on Ovi. He deserved it. Their offense was moving and it was like guys like Backstrom, Kuznetsov, they always get Oshi. I mean, they they get lost in the mix because Washington's offense is that good, and that's why when you look at it, it's hard to think. Everyone's like Washington was better the past couple of years. I'm not sure were they, or were they just building a core, and you got a couple of uh, disposable pieces, Jack Kirk Green. Uh, that you know just hey. Maybe they weren't the right fit. Maybe they weren't that right puzzle piece. Anyone could put on a jersey. Can't play as a team. Washington was a team destined to win. Loved it. Yeah, and how about TJ Oshie? Like, you've probably seen the video of him talking about his dad, and, you know, I was definitely tearing up a little bit watching that. And just, like, that's that's what it's all about right there, right? Like, seeing seeing a guy and, like, what he's been through, and everyone looks at him, they say, oh, he makes – seven million dollars a year like he's got it all together but no he's just a regular regular guy like the rest of us and he's been affected by a disease that so many have and you know he's talking about his dad like having alzheimer's and forgetting things but like it's the biggest moment like one of the biggest moments in his life so he's gonna remember that and like oh she's such an underrated player like well shout out to isha for calling me that or getting <laughs> to it with me on twitter like he embarrassed Colin Miller. Like, Colin Miller's ego in this series, oh, my gosh, did it ever take a hit? Like, he he tried going at Oshie, gets reverse hit. Washington goes up 5-2, tries going at him again, goes sliding into the boards because Oshie dusts him. And Oshie's one of those guys who isn't – like, he wasn't their top player. Shout out North Dakota for him going there. But, you know, just on the power play, he does all the dirty work in front of the net and doesn't really get appreciated for it. And yeah. What a player, and good for good for him. He's so lost in that Russian superpower, though. He's a guy that, yeah, he's a heck of a player. I mean, unreal on the power play. Unreal stick work in front. Moves the puck well from behind the net, too. He's, I mean, he's an underrated passer, I would say, like or playmaker, I guess probably the, the better term, hockey-wise. He he's a tank, too. Yeah, he's a unit. He's not easy to move, and they made life difficult for Vegas. That was something where San Jose and Winnipeg, they weren't deep enough up front. Washington's lines were going. I mean, all the way down to Smith Pelly. Smith Pelly was one of the best forwards in that series. Don't, I mean, you what you can say. He matched his goal total, total from the regular season in the playoffs. Yeah. Seven. Dude, he was unreal out there. And I loved watching him play. Dude, that guy was on like an AHL deal and I don't even yeah, he had like a trial. Like a PTO with like, a guaranteed like two fifty in the AHL. It's probably an A like a amateur tryout option. Show up, we'll give you a hotel and a vehicle to use. You can come skate with our uh, B team, our healthy scratches. And now Smith Pelly's just where's he all he's made so many stops, hasn't he? He's been like Anaheim, New Jersey. 
Else? He was Anaheim, Anaheim, Montreal, New Jersey, because he was crying when he got traded from Montreal to New Jersey because he loved Montreal so much. And then New Jersey, like, had they had a he was under contract, then got bought out, and like went to Washington at this like in free agency, you no know, or like on a PTO this year. That's awesome. Good, Good for him. Yeah, no kidding. That's- where does where do you think where do you think Vegas goes from here? Because you know, I, I mentioned Carlson and like, do you think he's going to score 43 goals again? Probably not. Do you think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a 945 goalie next year again? Probably not. Uh, James Neal won't be on their team. David Perron won't be on their team. They traded three draft picks for Thomas Tatar. Like, like, where do they go from here? Because everything was so perfect this year that it's almost just as likely they don't make the playoffs next year because, you know, Edmonton's not going to be as bad as they were. Like, it's pretty hard to be. Calgary won't be as bad as they were. Um, Anaheim might take a step back, but San Jose will be better. LA will still be LA. And, like, you kind of look, and even Arizona, they have to be a little better. Like, they, they can't get much worse also. So, Vegas's division's going to get better. And unless they get John Tavares, John Carlson, or Eric Carlson, like, they're going to they're gonna struggle, I think. Damn it, Adam. You, you just took it. What? Two words. Cap room. And I'm telling you, it's going to make a world of a difference. They're going to dump Perron. He was he was not even relevant out there. I mean, Riley Smith outplayed him in that final series. Like, Perron was just hot trash. Like, he was healthy in game four, too. Like, he was press box pizza in it. He was – there's there's nothing there. James Neal might resign. I mean, he might have loved it in Vegas. We don't know. He might get more money. They said six years, seven million per, and he's not getting that in Vegas. Like I know they have cap room, but they're not giving him that money. They'd rather spend it elsewhere, I think. Dude, look at guys, John Tavares. Honestly, this you're gonna you're gonna love this from an Oilers perspective, but you're also gonna think this is crazy. Milan Lucic, the Oilers are shopping him around. Vegas gets him for cheap. Edmund, they, I mean, for one, Vegas could handle his salary without a doubt. But Edmonton's going to – they're going to play hardball. Edmonton's going to have to retain some of that salary. There's no way Lucic has a worse year. Lucic is still a 50-point guy. I, I truly believe that. He's a Western Conference-style guy. He didn't play great in uh, L.A., so what do you – I mean, what do you, what do you take from that? But they've got that room. They can bring in elite guys. I mean, who's Tampa going to have to snip? They're not going to be able to keep all their top guns. They're going to have guys circulating. Toronto? Yeah. I mean, Toronto, look, wait until Toronto's got to sign their eight top, like, I mean, they've got basically 10 guys who could play top six. They're not good third or fourth line guys. They're going to have to go somewhere. I think Vegas is going to have more options. And the thing is, is Carlson doesn't have to be your top line guy. He can be a second line guy. He's not always going to put up 40 points, whatever. But yeah, that's, uh, I think they've got room to play with. And I, I really think that that's a, a good option for Vegas would be let some of those guys go. You got to keep Flurry. You got to keep Flurry around. I think he loves it. I think the fans love it. I think that he was a, a perfect fit in Vegas. But that, that forward group, they're, they're dispensable. You can replace them. Yeah. And what's the, like, if they want to get Eric Carlson, the deal's going to be, Shea Theodore, Cody Glass, a first, and you pick and pick and choose because you're getting a top three defenseman. But 
I mean, the thing, the thing with Vegas is everything went right for them this year. Like other than Flurry getting like they had five goalies, which is crazy, but their owner at the start of the year said they won't make the playoffs for a couple of years, but when they do, they expect to compete like in three or four years. And now like, does that plan get altered a little bit because of where, of where they went? Like, I mean, you go to the cup final, do you just say, okay, like we're just going to stay on course here and, and build an actual team because they're a team of a bunch of second liners. And I think that it's been proven over the last how many years that you need a top line, a top player to win the cup, like Crosby, Kopitar, Taves, Kane, Malkin, and even like a couple of years ago, Scott Niedermeyer and Solani. And then like, it's, it's crazy how like Pavel Dotsuk too. What? Well, 13, 13 years Holy. ago or whatever, 12, 12 years ago. Is it ago. a 10 year coma? Or I, I, I know I'm the guy who still thinks it's like 2011 and like everything was like only a couple of years ago. Do you but struggle with basic yeah, math? Like, well, I'm in math right now, bro. I cannot imagine but, a couple. Uh, it's tough. Scott Niedermeyer it's tough. a couple of years ago. What year did he retire? Oh, oh, really? seven, oh, 07, oh, 07 with Anaheim. I think he retired like right after that. Okay, so 11 but, years ago. Anyways, though, like you need a top player to win the cup. And it, it's amazing because when you say – Oh, look how good Vegas was this year. It's amazing what they do when their goalie isn't saving 95% of the shots, right? And like, who is their top player? William Carlson, who had six goals last year? No thanks. And then, of course, they lose to a team with who probably have, like, I'd say Washington has five guys or four guys, four or five guys on their team who I'd rather take than anyone on Vegas, like outside of the goaltending. Outside, yeah. That's, dude, Washington was so like, good, though. Like, if you look at, I get it, all of Vegas overperformed, but so did Washington in a certain sense. All of their guys played to their max potential, and that's why they rolled a team like Vegas. Because I really don't think Vegas is that bad of a team, but Washington was that good. Like, you, you got to give credit where credit's due. And Washington's four lines, 60 and 10 D, I mean, top to bottom. <laughs> they were they were fantastic to watch. Yeah, and even their third line, like I, I missed out on Brett Connolly because he was a six overall pick by Tampa like eight or nine years ago, and he was supposed to be the stud for them. And then went to Boston, was released, and Washington signed him. Like I think it was either a PTO or like a one year deal, and placed third line on a cup winning team and scores in the cup final. Like like it just. All the every team's recycling and sloppy seconds became Washington's like bottom six depth guys. And sure, yeah, it's, it's crazy how, and even Pittsburgh last year, they got, they got all those college guys like Sherry, Gensel, Rust. And sure enough, they, they win and their defense was basically put together by a bunch of scraps too. So it just shows that you don't need to go crazy at the trade deadline. Like, as we said, Vegas gave up a first, a second, a third to get Thomas Tatar. And he was sitting in the press box. Last year, Washington gave up a first and a prospect to get Kevin Shattenkirk. And he was just terrible. Like, he was absolutely horrible in the playoffs. And I place part of the blame on him as to why they lost last year. And then Rick Nash goes to Boston this year. He's okay, nothing great. Right? Same for Ryan McDonough. Goes to Tampa. Okay, nothing great. And it just shows if you if you break up the chemistry in the locker room, then it has an effect on ice. And Washington's biggest move this year is Michael Kempney for a third round pick. 
and it was just kind of like swept under the rug like oh they got michael company good depth guy whatever okay two things there how stupid does that vegas trade for thomas tatar look talk about overpay and also crazy stat for you stat magician coming out here okay the line of andre birkowski larzeller and Connolly in the vegas finals According to a Twitter source, not going to call them out. They may or may not work for TSM. They were they they capitalized on eight scoring chances, and in total they had eight. So they were eight and zero on scoring chances in the Vegas series. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, and Lars Eller and Conley were recycled by two other. How teams. do you actually not miss a single scoring chance though? That's five games. I have a hard time. Be- I mean, I don't know what they exactly consider a scoring chance. Don't give me no stupid answer, but yeah, if you go eight and zero on scoring chances, talk about timely plays, and those are the clutch guys you need if you want to win a Stanley Cup. Boom, hoist it. Yeah, exactly. And like, how much do you think John Carlson's going to get paid? Because I know his, his numbers are obviously inflated playing on Washington's power play, which it's it's crazy. I was gonna I was gonna talk about this today, where because Netsov and Backstrom, like I remember hearing a story of how coaches told players to not go anywhere near Joe Thornton when he has the puck because he'll make you look like an idiot. Not because he'll dangle you, but because he'll make some sick pass. And that's having Kuznetsov and Backstrom on the kind of half wall and beside the net there and them switching. Nobody even goes near them because they don't want to look stupid. And Backstrom's pass on the Ovechkin goal yesterday where he was looking at Carlson and he sauced it across three sticks. That was disgusting. And then, like as we said, you got Oshie in front. Carlson on the top, Ovechkin on the right, and they're basically glued to Ovechkin. So what happened in game four, Ovechkin and Carlson switch halfway through the power play, and Carlson has an absolute rocket bar down. So their power play is just absolutely disgusting. Back on the the backstrom, you're going to be pissed off at this one because uh, stat machine coming out again. In the finals, I get it, he was injured, right? But he was 0 for 8 on scoring chances. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a little turn... He he scored. He well, he, he did have a goal, but okay, I guess yeah, but it wasn't a great A scoring chance or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact thing, but yeah, that was just uh, another style throw. You had to piss you off, but dude, he's nasty. Those passes. I mean, anytime you can feed Ovi with those one timers, there's not a single goalie in the world that can stop that. And if you do, you get lucky. Flurry, I get it. He's below par. That's uh, I I wonder. I I I can't recall. I mean, what was Vasilevsky's save percentage? What was Murray's? What was, uh, who the hell's in Columbus there? Bobrovsky, it's stupid Russian. Murray's, Murray was terrible. His, his wasn't great. And I feel like all of them, like Bobrovsky, his save percentage in the playoffs, I don't even think is 900. Murray, we talked about this in a couple podcasts ago where like him not having flurries, a security blanket's going to show that he's not as good as everyone thinks he is. Like, he won two cups playing behind two of the greatest players ever. But And then Vasilevsky, like, in game in game seven, he lets in those two five-hole burners or the shot from Ovechkin from 50 feet out on two-on-two. Like, yeah, they like, credit to Washington, though, for making them look that way. Like, those are four pretty good goals. I think it just shows there, right? how good Wash's offense is it. Like, I mean, they're nuts. And I mean, they, they all can shoot. Yeah. They all can pass. Like, they're they're not just. I mean, Stephen Stamkos looks like the most one-dimensional player playing against a team like Washington. 
caps are crazy. Yeah, exactly. And how about how clutch they were? Like, here's here's a stat machine for you. Trailed in every series. Like, they trailed 2 nothing to Columbus. They trailed one nothing against Pittsburgh when they blew the lead in game one. They trailed 3-2 to Tampa, then won game six and seven. Holtby, two straight shutouts. And then they lost the first game to Vegas, and they closed out every series on the road. Game six, Columbus. Game six, six Pittsburgh. Game seven, Tampa. Game five, Vegas. Like, that's crazy. And, you know, those tickets for those games are so expensive. And hopefully people use SeatGeek. And you know what? There's a lot of concerts coming up, summer concerts, ball games to go to, football games to go to, CFL starting up right away. Go Riders. But um, shout out to SeatGeek for uh, joining forces with us at World Hockey Report, at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. And, yeah, SeatGeek's a ticket app that takes out the confusion out of buying tickets. They give the tickets a grade based on value, 0 to 10 scale, and you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. And our viewers, listen to this, Cody, you want to save some money? Our viewers, or I guess our listeners, get $20 off their first ticket purchase with our code WORLDHockeyReport, all capitals, no spaces. And yeah, we're tweeting out the link every week, trying to get some, trying to save you guys some money. So yeah, WORLDHockeyReport, all caps, no spaces. And yeah, shout out to you for joining forces with us. Shout out to 12 Ounce Sports Radio. They uh, they put it on their, their website now. Boys are taking over, right? It's uh, the, the SeatGeek Finder. So it finds the best, like the all the events that are happening near you, gives them the same rating and stuff. And right there, I mean, you just punch in our code. Perfect. 20 bucks off your purchase. And it's, and it's finding like all these cool things. So I mean, if you got concerts coming up this weekend, you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do, right? All of a sudden, boom. I don't know, maybe Drake's playing at the Rogers Center. You don't know about it because you're an idiot. Or there's a football game if you like that stupid CFL. There you go. Find some tickets on SeatGeek. Adam, anything else uh, you want to touch on for that Stanley Cup? Uh, no, I, I've – so just to explain to everyone, like I cheer for the Oilers mainly. Like I'd say Oilers and Flames mainly just because all their games are on my TV and I'm not going to buy NHL center ice for 300 bucks, but – so Oilers and Flames never make the playoffs. Uh, cheered for the Capitals since 08. Saw Ovechkin at the World Juniors in 05 in Grand Forks where he separated his shoulder, getting double deal-ed. But yeah, I've been a Capitals playoff guy since like 2007 when they first made it. In days of Ovechkin, Fedorov, Semin, and Mike Ribeiro. And last year I was so I was so sad Oilers and Caps lost game seven on the same day in the second round. So that was pretty depressing. And yeah, you know, this year I, I was just hoping, like, you know, I kind of gave up on them in the first round, two straight to Columbus. I was like, yep, yeah, same old caps. But sure enough, they won game three. And after that, like, I was almost tearing up when Ovechkin had the the cup there. And that's going to be in commercials forever. Him him just screaming while getting You're the such cup. such a Fairweather fan. Can't believe. Can't believe the Trouts that you watch TV there anymore. Congrats to Chandler Steve. Congrats to Chandler Stevenson. Also, he used to spot me, spot me doing chin ups at the gym. So, good for him. Pretty easy to do chin ups when you're six foot six, ninety pounds, eh? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. No. Okay, we're gonna move on from the Stanley Cup now. What are the other big things? Loved your rant on it. Okay, you got sixty seconds. Rip Lou Lamorello. Like, what the hell has he done to just be able to go from New Jersey, where they hadn't made the playoffs in how long? Just say, Kate, I'm going to go be the GM of the most 
success, not successful team, but the richest team in the whole NHL, the most popular team in the NHL. I'm going to go take over that team. Matt Martin, you cut your hair, no facial hair allowed. So what do they do in his three or four years with the team? Well, you won a draft lottery. Congrats. You got Austin Matthews, generational player. So you get him and then lose first round, lose first round. See you later. And you know what? I'm going to give my job to a 33-year-old who's probably going to do a better job than I am. And then, you know what? Since my son's a pro scout or does whatever with the Islanders, I'm going to go take over that team. And since I'm Lou Lamorello and what I say goes, uh, see you later, Doug Wade, after one year. I know you'll have 300 goals, but still only one year. And honestly, you can fire GM Garth Snow because I don't know what the hell he's done there in 10 years. Like they won a playoff series because Tavares scored an OT winner. But, you know, it was really smart of Garth Snow was to bridge Tavares to a three-year deal and have him leave in free agency uh, in a couple weeks here. So I don't know what Lou's done. I don't know if that's supposed to help Tavares, but he hasn't really done anything for 20 years and he might die before he wins a Stanley Cup or even a playoff <laughs> round for that matter. You went over 60 seconds, but I love it. Dude, the worst part about Lamorello, I know you touched on a lot of that. Everyone lives his legacy through New Jersey. When Marty Brodeur's your goaltender, you can't do a damn thing. He was one of the best in the world. He's one of the best ever played. You take him away, they don't win those cups. He's made some stupid moves. Here, Jamie Langenbrunner, Patrick Eliash. Those guys seem like seven years, seven mil. Maybe not a, maybe not a great idea there. How about uh, letting guys like Brian Rafalski, Scott Niedermeyer, and Scott Gomez leave? Yeah, that's a uh, great, great choice not to re-sign those guys who would go on to win Stanley Cups. I don't know. It's, uh, it's not going to be good. And honestly... Why would that change Tavares' mind? Like, why why would Tavares be like, oh, I want to play in for the Isles now that they got Lou Lamorello? Maybe he didn't like snow or weight, but what is Lou going to do that's... I don't, see, I don't see him changing anything massive there. What, what goal is there to bring in that? They're talking about bringing in uh, Washington's backup. Dude, that's Ooh, not a hour. starter. That's not going to work. That's going to be worse than Cam Talbot. The Islanders are in such a hole. The worst part about hockey, in a sense, for guys like Tavares, is there's so much of that hometown, like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't leave Steven Stamco staying in Tampa. I get it. It's tax-free. It's tax-free. Save some money. Pocket that bill. Tavares. Oh, buddy. I, I hope he gets out. That's the guy who needs a cup. Hell of a hockey player. The guy's unreal. Man, he made people look like shambles in the World Juniors, at the World Championship. He's got to win a cup. He's got to go somewhere where he's got a chance, a legitimate chance. What's San Jose's cap room like? I, I know that they just signed Kane there to that long deal. They'd have to, they'd have to get rid of Paul Martin first. Because he's still at like four and a half mil, and no thanks to that, because he was no in the kidding. AHL this year. But yeah, I think I think uh, well, we'll probably talk about this every week leading up. But I think yeah, San Jose is a a good one. Uh, Las Vegas is a dark horse, no state tax. Also, like Dallas could be in the same boat if they got rid of Spetsa because no state tax. And then uh, somebody said New Jersey, and that makes sense because you'd rather have him than Taylor Hall when Taylor Hall's up and I think two years for a contract. 
and like the Devils have cap space and they're a team that's on the rise. So I think Tavares might want to go there because it's more it's more of a low key place and Tavares is obviously a low key guy who's not very outspoken or anything. But yeah, and it's gonna suck seeing Matt Barzell have to cut his hair because he's got some good flow. Barzell, eh? That's uh, I don't think he's a guy to build a team around. Dude, honestly, I just think the Islanders are a hole. Like that's a. Uh, I wish that was a franchise that was good. I wish more than anyone. I mean, I love the Billy Slash days. Like they were, they were such a historic team. And now they're just a joke of a franchise. They're actually pathetic. Yeah, and like what's that one playoff series and how many years and their glory days are still in the 1980s or whatever when good old Brian Trotchy and the boys were there. But yeah, like they haven't had a goalie for how long. They're still waiting on that KHL guy to come over. They still keep trying to find like not good goalies like Grice and Neuwirth and Halak. And yeah, I, I don't really know what their deal is in net. But yeah, I think the Islanders are a whole and then Good thing they gave Andrew Ladd like $7 million a year for five years. That makes no sense at all. So, yeah, I don't know what Lamorello does. Like maybe I think fans are just going to like the move because it's it's something different and it's something that isn't the same shit over the last 10 years. But you might just be getting different shit from a different guy. I bet with all this, uh, the, the trade, the free agency talk, Tavares might be getting a little bit tired. Might need uh, some healthy energy supplements in there. Got to try some new energy. You know, if you're busy, you're on the go all the time. You don't want to get that coffee crash feeling. It sucks. I know it's the worst, especially if you're a Monday to Friday worker or if you're an Adam guy playing summer league hockey at midnight. Might need some new energy in your life. It's a smarter choice. It's powered by blueberries, clinically proven. It's a chewable tablet. It's so simple. You know what? It gives you a nice boost of energy and focus without that awful caffeine crash. Best part? Zero sugar, zero calories, zero crash, and zero jitters. Want new energy shipped right to your door? Find it online through the link on our website. 12. Whoa, I almost messed up our website there. I was going to give the 12 ounce sports one. Jeez. Oh, that wasn't pretty. Uh, World Hockey Report, you can find it up there. Get some blogs up. I know we'll be talking, uh, hey, Caps here, why they're the best. A lot of prospect talk coming up to NHL draft. I think that's June 21st, possibly. Back to New Energy. You know, you can find it on Amazon or GetNewEnergy.com. That's GetNewEnergy.com. No hassle, no more stopping at the gas station or coffee shop every morning. Each stick of New Energy comes with a resealable package with three servings. Take it easily wherever you go. Chewable tastes great. They melt right in your mouth. Take without water. Whether you're a serious athlete or just a 9-to-5 workhorse, get the energy you need for your everyday life. Get New Energy. There we go. Let's, uh, hey, let's quickly rip through some of those prospects. We're going to wrap it up a little bit of a shorter episode. Not a big deal. Going to the lake after this. It's beautiful weather. Now that it's stopped raining. Time to uh, not party as hard as Ovi. Maybe a couple of celebratories in there for caps here. Dude, prospect watch. Okay, obviously Delane's number one. How is Svechnikov such a lock at number two? When he was mediocre at best. In the world juniors well first off uh you can't really fault any young russians for being average in the world juniors because uh their coach just loves his 19 year olds that bragging guy with the big nose he loves his 19 year olds and that's what I, that's like the book on him is that svechnikov it's hard to get a read on him because like at the world juniors especially because he's not going to play 
Like he, he hardly played at all, like spot time on the power play, but not much even strength. But I think in Carolina's case, uh, they're definitely a cap team that is going to try to save money. So they're trading a sniper and Jeff Skinner, like most likely. So they're going to try and get assets and most importantly to that poor franchise cap space in return. So replace them with another sniper, like their top line, like, they're still kind of struggling for for center. So and um, we talked about this beforehand as why Zadina wouldn't go there because him and Nekash or Nikas or whatever it is, they lit up the world juniors together. And especially on the power play with with Czech Republic, they lit it up. So I'm kind of surprised about that, but I still think Nikash is fine on his own and maybe give him a sniper like Zadina that might help him. Or no, a sniper like Svechnikov, my bad. That might help him. And they say he's the best goal scorer in the draft and goals are hard to come by these I'm days. not sold on it. Not sold on it at all. He's more like Yakupov. He's not an Ovi. I don't think he's that big yet. He's pretty small too, right? Well, he's not like tiny, but he's not really big, is he? No, oh, really. Like 6'2". Okay, well. I haven't an uh, elite prospect him, I guess. I still think yeah, Zadina is better. I, Zadina was good. He was that Czech, like entire, that forward group revolved around Zadina's 35 minutes a night. If it wasn't for him, they were a lost cause. Also, guy who's not getting talked about enough, Brady Kachuk. Why would teams not want this guy on their team? And especially if you have, I mean, he's going to be the best of both worlds. He's offensive. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. He's got balls. He's not scared of anyone. He's going to be an impact player. He might be NHL ready. I honestly think that. Well, scouts, scouts are saying he's better than he's better than his brother Matthew, and Matthew is like top five voting in Rookie of the Year's first year, and everyone's surprised about how good he did. So that's what I don't make sense. Like I know, like my own personal, like I think Ottawa could be an option because they like I think he could be an option up for it to Ottawa. Um, and then the funny thing is, everyone's always like, Vancouver took Ole Ulevi, uh six overall a couple of years ago, so or fifth overall ahead of Kachuk, like Matthew Kachuk. And then this year they're picking seventh, and it looks like Brady could fall to them there. But hopefully they don't pass on him. Like the Canucks have had so many draft misses that I had hoped that he uh, Kachuk would fall past That would be crazy them. if he drops that far down. Oh my goodness. Can't imagine. I'm secretly hoping a, a battle of Alberta featuring both Kachucks. I think that'd be that'd awesome. That'd be stupid. Yeah. It won't You'd happen. Have to, what are the Oilers? 10 or 11? Okay. 10. I don't have the list in front of me. They're, they're kind of in the, they're kind of in the, the, there's like a group of three, Bogfist, Bouchard, and Dobson are kind of the, th- one, one of three should fall to them. Fair enough. Um, what, what do you think of that, uh, Boquist guy or whatever? I hear a lot of people talking about him around here. What's your, what's your thoughts? Well, there, he's a small right-handed defenseman. Uh, he only played junior this year for Brinus or whatever. So I still think he's a little ways away. Like he's only 165 pounds or whatever. So I still think he's a ways away, but you look at him and you look at the Oilers and you say, are are we getting, uh, not an Eric Carlson, but are we getting a good power play like a Tory Crew guy or are we getting somebody who's closer to Justin Schultz when he was horrible for Edmonton so 
it's kind of tough to to see how good those really small defensemen are. Like Quinn Hughes is the same way, but I think he's a little better defensively. So it's tough to predict those small, like dynamic. One defensemen. thing we haven't touched on, kind of prospects college, it, it works. Why did Boston University have such a hard time finding a coach? Like they were interviewing a guy who was coaching tier three juniors in the EHL. And they, and they ended up just promoting their assistant coach. But that, that almost seemed like a panic move. Like, I don't know how much you, you've looked into this or not, but it seemed like they were actually struggling to find someone who wanted to coach at BU, which seems weird. Unless there's some shit going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. It seems pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, college, college coaches are always tough to find because there's so much you have to do with recruiting and stuff. Not so much if you're at top school, you basically just call a player and say, Hey, want to come here? But yeah, it's tough for colleges to find those like top coaches, especially after the legacy that David Quinn left there before going to the Rangers. Like it kind of speaks volumes about how prestigious of a job that is. If your best coach or if, if your head coach goes on and moves on to getting one of the best jobs in the NHL. I just, so. I mean, I mean, I don't want to rip on O'Connell. I don't know him well enough. I don't follow assistant coaches in the hockey East well enough. But yeah, that's uh, it seemed like an interesting search. That's for sure. Anything else going on in the hockey world or Adams world at least? No, we kind of talked about the Lucic thing, and I mean, I give up a lot just to get rid of him because that's another Peter Shirley swing and a whiff but yeah i i don't know i I'd, i hope he gets dealt it's it's so hard to do right like who's gonna want to take an aging power forward when the league's moving away from that and he's had like one goal in the last 49 games of the season so it'll be tough to move him Can't but be worse. i hope he pieces That's it's only gonna go up from there so i could see someone taking a risk on him i could see it maybe it's vegas depends how much cap the oilers are willing to eat we'll see if those rumors come true yeah, exactly. But other than that, pretty uh, pretty slow weekend going to the rush game on Saturday. We'll see how many goals I actually see this time. But yeah, uh, going to that game on Saturday and we'll we'll see what's up. But you know, now that the hockey season's over, I think rest of the summer we'll be we'll be crushing some interviews. We'll we get got some pretty some, good guests. We got a here. massive guest almost lined up. I haven't told you about this one. He he may play for the Calgary Flames. There's a there's a chance. We're, we're, we're working on it. Could be the biggest guest. Probably the Who is we'll this talk one? After. We'll talk after. This is, this is secret. Listeners yeah. got to stay tuned, okay. right? We also got a couple other beauties coming on. A former Swift Current Bronco. We're looking at lining that up. He's playing down under right now over in Aussie land. So uh, I'm going to try to get Jordy on one of these one of these times. Maybe the, the UGA boys. They got some. We'll tr- talk some uh, trash there about the Nashville Predators sucking. Get some of them. I don't know. You got a couple of uh, beauties lined up. Maybe we get a couple of draft prospects. Couple, couple guys committed to a Canadian college. So yeah, we'll we'll see what's up. Hey, also, a shout out to uh, Oliver Hampson. Kid reached out to us. Wanted to write some blogs. Wrote a blog. Said, it's a great read. I mean, if you want to learn more about that Liam Kirk kid, that UK. I guess he he was good at the draft combine too. Played uh plays in the EI there for Sheffield. They also play in their second division too. So great read there. Shout out to Oliver. He's gonna be pumping out some more blogs for us. We're gonna hope to get some of that prospect stuff as we uh get you set for the Holinka Gretzky tournament in August. 
Adam's going to be making the trip out. Boys are going to be ripping it up in the press box. They better have free drinks there. Just gas some beers, write some blogs, sleep outside of Roger's place, hit up the Nino. It's exactly what the boys are going to be doing. That's uh, yeah. Sounds like a sounds sure. like a plan there. No, I wish I could go. I wish I could go to the rush game on Saturday. Yeah. I'm not going to make it, so I'll count on your Snapchats there. But uh, for me, it looks like it's time to pack up. I am off to the lake. Find us on 12 Ounce Sports Radio at 12OZ Sports. If you're buying tickets, you got to go through SeatGeek. And of course, if you want that energy, get some new energy in you. Peace. See ya. Bye.